0: back. All right, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the High Button Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Eagle Energy. Eagle Energy is a plant-based caffeine inhaler which allows you to get a quick jump start to your day or any time of the day really within three to five minutes. Rather than those high caffeine, high sugar energy drinks that could take up to 30, sometimes 45 minutes to kick in, not to mention they're not healthy for you. Eagle Energy is a plant-based caffeine inhaler, no sugar, no calories. It will make you feel good about yourself. When you talk about the product, you can say that it's plant-based. It will make you feel good about yourself. And most importantly, it'll make you feel good. I use it when I want to get my tasks done. It allows me to stay focused and it allows me to concentrate whenever I need to get my tasks done. And I usually accomplish them every time I'm using this product, Eagle Energy. Make sure to head over to their website, eagle.energy. Check out their product. Check out their store. I want this product in your hand. It is changing the way energy is being put into your body. It's changing the way energy is being put into my body. I love it. I know you will love it too. Make sure to go to their Instagram page as well, Eagle Energy. And remember, go to their website, Eagle. Dot energy. Check out the product. Check out the story. I know you will love it. Eagle Energy. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I hope that you are back to work safely Monday morning and getting uh getting your goals accomplished. Just like we are here at the High Button. Uh a lot of exciting stuff has been happening in the world of sports. Playoffs are around the corner. March Madness is in full swing. NBA playoffs are about to be in full swing, even though it's the regular season still. LeBron didn't make it to the playoffs. Uh, it's kind of exciting this year, even though Golden State most likely will win. It's kind of exciting knowing that, um, you know, it, it's a less likely chance that Golden State will win. The Raptors could win it. Who knows? Celtics could win it. Denver could win it. Did I say the Raptors could win it? Anyways, anyone can win it. It could be a great NBA playoffs. I know it's going to be a great NBA playoffs. Also, MLB is around the corner. Summer's around the corner. Spring's around the corner. Life's just great. Uh, let's just get into this. Uh, podcast we have. I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, George Laroque. Uh, we had his brother Jules Eddie LaRoc on the podcast a week ago and he was kind enough to put in a word to his brother George uh, about the high button. Uh, I reached out to him after Jules put in the good word for us. George said he was more than happy to come on the podcast, share some stories. Um, you know, if you don't know who George Laroque is, probably one of the most intimidating NHL enforcers of all time. I think that's fair to say. Um, One of the most historic hockey careers coming out of Quebec for his role as an enforcer. Uh, 695 games played, 53 goals, 100 assists, 153 points, and 1,126 penalty minutes. The guy played for Edmonton, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, and Montreal. When he was in P- uh, when he was in Pittsburgh, he played with my guy Sidney Crosby, so I'm definitely going to ask him about that. What it was like to be teammates with him, also playing for the Edmonton Oilers and for probably his hometown favorite team, Montreal Canadiens, or it might be the Quebec Nordiques. I'm not really sure, but I'll ask him when we get into the podcast. This could, this potentially might be our biggest interview yet, potentially. I think all of our interviews are great, but whenever you're able to talk to someone that you idolize growing up, uh, it's always a treat for sure. Um, you know, I got, I got nothing else to say. It's going to be a great podcast. Hi button. You know what comes next. Okay, George, we're going here. Thank you very much for joining the show. You're welcome, brother. Um, how's life? First of all, post, uh, post hockey retirement life. Apparently it's a good life. Uh, how are you enjoying uh, how are you enjoying that part of your life right now?
1: yeah it's good it's actually busier than what I was playing I, think <laughs> I need to play to, to kind of have a break from what I'm doing now than what I was playing so no things are really good uh, you always uh, you know think about what you're gonna do when you uh, when you retire and uh, I feel really fortunate that I've got involved in many different things It keeps me busy and uh, keeps me really active.
0: That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that, man. It's just like a, it's just like anyone that has a regular career. As soon as they retire, they want to keep busy and they just want to keep active and moving. It's it's just like anyone.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, it's, it's a matter of uh, you know, getting towards the end of your career, you kind of have to put the puns towards that way and and have a strategy and finding ways to get ready for that. And uh, and uh, that's what I did towards the end of it, and it worked out well at the end.
0: That's awesome. I'm happy to hear it. All right, so I want to ask you a question starting back to your junior career. I was doing a little bit of research on you yesterday, and I came across a video back when you got traded to the Granby... I can't pronounce the last name. Predators. Yeah, so you got traded there. You showed up to the game in the second period. You had to fight a guy named Joel Terrio. They didn't even drop the puck. They just let you guys fight right away. I was wondering if there was a story behind that.
1: Well, yeah, actually, that guy was one of my best friends. Oh, wasn't yeah, yeah? We went to school together, and uh, yeah, we we're really, really close. And uh, he, he got he got drafted uh, in the same draft of me, and uh, we were uh, celebrating together uh, when we got drafted. And I remember that game. I got traded um, from Saint 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 to Granby, and when I got traded, I, that's why I got there in the third period. And when I got there, um, I was so tired, and and Michel Therrien was the coach, and was like. Do you want to play? I was like, well, not really because, you know, I just got in and it was so late. It was one period left. He said, well, you could just sit on the bench if you want and just cheer the guy on. I said, okay. The game was on TV. It was the first game with, uh, with my new team. And when I was sitting, when I was going to sit on the bench, Terry came up to me. He's like, you know, if you start the third period, um, you could skate around the ice and do a little bit of warm up. So maybe you'll be okay. So I can't really say no because it's my new team and he's asking and I was like, Okay. So when I you know before the period starts when you go on the ice you go around the net so yeah I gotta go on and I'm out, my legs are heavy and I'm tired and I'm like, Okay, well I guess you know I'm gonna I just got in. It's it's no warm up, nothing. <laughs> when I'm skating around and for the warm up, Joel Terrio, he comes up to me. So he skate the other side. He skated in my own zone.
0: Oh, he came and saw you.
1: Yeah, he, no, no, he came, like, because the way it was, it was the game was in Drummondville, so because the game in Drummondville, Drummondville, Drummondville kind of has the last change. Yeah. So because I was starting, and I was on the ice, and I just got in, the coach put Jorel to start the third period. <laughs> so you know when you start a third period, when you go around yeah. your net a bit before yeah. they start the period? Well, jor came to me in my zone. it's like George we we have to go we have to fight because the Washington scouts are there tonight and uh, you know and and they've they've asked me the other day how come we've never fought because Joel was a tough guy too and he was like when he asked me that like I was like oh my god I couldn't believe it because you know I just got in I was dead tired (laughs) and I know it's not his fault because the scouts were there so I kind of knew why he kind of had to but he had a huge advantage, so That's, I was like, okay, no problem. And then when they dropped, uh, when the, the referee dropped the puck, then we backed up and uh, we took off our helmet, we squared off. And uh, and yeah, that was my first fight with my new team. It was it was insane. and uh, But that year was a magical year, obviously, because we won the Memorial Cup after.
0: That's awesome. How, how did you get to the rink? Did you drive or did you fly in? Like, How did you get to the rink that you know, quick? Uh,
1: what happened is... Uh, when I got traded from St. we actually were, we were going, I don't remember where we were going to play, but we had like a four hour bus uh, bus ride to go play somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And when I got traded, what they did, the coach was so mad that the GM traded me that they kicked me off the bus <clears throat> from outside some restaurant. They didn't give me my hockey bag. They took a garbage bag, they put my hockey gear in it, and they left me there. No. Yeah, because he got so mad that I got traded. So it's like it's pouring snow outside. I'm standing middle of nowhere in front of a restaurant, and I'm just waiting for somebody from Granby, uh, the Granby, the uh, Granby, Granby rep- representative to come and pick me up. So somebody came and get me in a small little car, and we drove four hours to Drummondville to my new team, and we arrived in the fourth in the, in the at like the end of the second period to start the third. It was insane, so that's why. So I did about eight hours bus ride in my leg before I actually uh, played that game. So, and there was so much pressure in that first fight because you know I and you know I know when you look at it maybe you can't tell, but it was insane that uh, that and Terry was really tough too. So I'm glad that things went well.
0: That's amazing. That's such a good story. Have you ever told that story before? Oh, many times, but in French. In French. In French. Yeah. (laughs) That that's an amazing story. That's crazy. All right, let's um, let let's get to uh, your your childhood of growing up in Quebec. Um, uh, did did you? Enjoy, I know I was talking to your brother and he said that you guys played every single sport. Your dad put you in every single sport. Um, do you think that that had anything to do with your success in hockey? Just trying other sports and somehow relating to your to your skills on the
1: ice. Well, all the best athlete you know in different sport and even the NHL, all the other sports. Uh, when they were kids, they were good at all sports because, you know, nowadays kids are playing too much hockey and they get sick of it when they get to their teens. Uh, There's so many guys that got drafted that quit hockey because their parents put them too much into it. You know, it's important to have the hunger of playing hockey when you're a kid because I was playing soccer in the summer and at the end of the summer, I was excited to play hockey again and I was hungry to do it. But when you play hockey 12 months a year, It's not good. You don't develop other skills. And for your muscle, your muscle needs a break. You need a mental break. It's insane. So, us, we put up with so many different sports that we're excelling in in all those sports. But every time it was time to play soccer in the summer season, I was excited. I was good at it. When it was time to play hockey, I was excited. I was good at it. All those different sports that I was doing, it was just awesome and always had lots of fun with that.
0: That's awesome! I'm happy to hear that. When you played in the NHL in the summertime, did you ever go skating, or did you try to stay away from hockey in the summer times? Well, I,
1: I when I played in the NHL, I did because obviously, you know, in the NHL is different, uh, it's a different game, and you gotta stay up to par and, and do power skating and all that stuff. But when I was a kid, no, no, I just I, I was a really good soccer player. I played major league in the, in soccer, like the highest level for kids. Oh, really? Like cool. AAA's and stuff. Yeah, AAA level and. Uh, I would play that and it would keep me, my conditioning really good and my skills also.
0: Do you ever go to Montreal Impact games in Montreal? Uh, it wasn't the Impact when I was there back in the day. It
1: was the Manic uh, a team before that and stuff that was before the Impact. Okay. I go to the Impact now, but before that, it was another name
0: that it was called. Okay, cool. Um I love uh, first NHL game stories. Everyone seems to have one. Your first NHL game was with the Edmonton Oilers. I was wondering if you had a story about uh, your first game and if you were nervous, if you slept the night before, anything like that. Uh, I was nervous
1: because the first game that I played in the NHL is a game that you never forget. And I, when I was playing in the minor, I was playing with Mike Watt and Joe Allbig and all mine was doing really good in the minors. And what they did for the Battle of Alberta, which was really physical, the Oilers against the flame, they called all three of us as a line, as a lineup. So they called the three line, and together we, we, we got called up to go play the Flames. And in my first game, I fought Todd Simpson. That was my first NHL fight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's something that you never forget because, you know, it's Nimitin against Calgary. The fans, they don't like Calgary and their rivality and, and all that stuff. But, no, it was awesome. Things were good. It was really good experience, and, and uh, things just went up from there.
0: That's wicked. Um, So, like, your videos on YouTube, like, when you're mic'd up and, you know, when you're in Phoenix, you ask a guy to fight you, you say good luck. It just seems like you're so calm and confident you're smiling. It just seems like you love doing what you do. Were you born with that confidence and that calmness? Or was that something that you were able to instill in your personality as you became, you know, an NHL legend? You know what I mean? Well, actually... I never liked fighting.
1: Um, you know, I I hated doing it, actually. And I, and I don't know any tough guy. To be honest with you, I have never talked to one tough guy that's told me that he liked fighting. And I've talked to pretty much all of them. And we don't like it. We do it because it's our job. And because, you know, we have no choice because that's what got us in the NHL. And that's what's going to make us stay. Yeah. But, you know, I never liked doing it. Did, the only thing is, in my mind, I was like, if I if, if I don't want to do it too much, I have to be good at it. Because if I'm good at it, people are going to leave me alone. They're going to leave my team alone if you have a really good reputation. Because the toughest guys in the league, they don't have to fight that much because their team are respected. And that's what I did. So I figured I wanted to be the best. So then I wouldn't have to do it as much. If you have a tough guy that fights 20, 30 times a year, It's because people are not afraid to fight him. They're not afraid to take liberties because they're like, oh, I'm not going to get hurt with that guy. But man, there's many tough guys that they're like, when they were playing my team, they're like, you know what? I don't want to fight Lerac tonight, so I'll be really quiet. And that's because I was doing good. And the thing about the good luck thing, it was just the type of guy that I was. I said that pretty much every time I fought. I always said that. You know, it's just because I know it was the job. I knew the guy didn't do anything wrong. And you never want to wish anybody arms, or you don't want to hurt anyone. You want to win, but the goal is never to kill anybody, to concuss someone, to break somebody's face. It's just to win, to do good, to keep your job, and to keep their respect. But other than that, you know, just like in boxing when they, they pump the glove and they, uh, you know, before a fight, yeah, they know. Then they fight. In, in in hockey, obviously, we don't do that. But me, I was just saying that. Good luck before a fight, and and after that, I would
0: go at it. Okay, so this is a perfect lead into my next question. Then, why are the toughest guys always the nicest people off the ice? Uh, it, it,
1: it's, it's a good question. It's a good question because you know people often ask me that, and you know, it, I don't know. Maybe because the pressure that we have all the time and for the job that we do, maybe when we're off the ice, we just need to relax and we just need to, uh, you know, to to. To, to be calm and to do other things, because there's so much pressure, there's so much anxiety composing with fighting that when you're away from it, it's fun to show your real personality, because often people have stereotype about, you know, if that guy's a fighter, he must be this, he must be that. Yeah. And when when you get to know the person, you're like, oh, that guy's actually pretty nice. But often with the job that you do, when you take liberties and you hurt people, sometimes people forgetting that fighters also the human beings. So that's why at the end of the day, it's just that for me, when I look at that, most of the guy that I talk to is just this, off the ice, they're so calm because on the ice, you, you, there's so much aggressiveness and pressure and anxiety that you have to deal with that, you know, if you play that role when you're off the ice, it just, you, you just, you, how are you going to live? You know, there, there's so much pressure, there's so much of everything. So it's, you can't, you got to, Take that stress out sometimes and just relax. And that's why most of the guys that you talk to, when hockey is done, the game is done and in public, you know, they're like so relaxed and, and they're, they're back to being themselves. They don't have to deal with any anything that has to do with battling, with yeah. fighting. So, And that's probably why.
0: That's a good answer it's like that in most sports like even if you look at UFC or boxing you just the the people that are most aggressive are the most kindest when they're outside of their sport and yeah. I, I, I asked the question uh, because of hockey because you played hockey but it relates to all aspects in sport of anyone who plays yeah, a physical exactly. role You're right um, biggest nhl influence like there's a big uh, transition from what i hear from junior to nhl how to conduct yourself as a professional how to pack for road trips who was the biggest influence um in your career maybe in edmonton when you were a rookie on who taught you how to be a pro Uh, to be
1: honest with you nobody really taught me how to be a a pro i just look at the veteran all the time like it's not like you know i never stay you know sometimes some rookies they they live with a veteran in their house and to learn. I never did that. I learned it on my own. Like I remember me, boy dev Rochon, Brown, we rented an apartment together, uh, in, uh, in in Edmonton and we lived close to each other and, and that's it. And we just looked up to the veteran. In Edmonton, we had great you know, I had dog weight dog and I had amazing captain, assistant captain to show us the way. So you just they led the way by example the way they play because with Bill Garrett, they weren't just skilled guys they were they were also guys that were playing tough yeah. you know there's often guys that are skilled and, and when it's physical you don't see them anymore but those guys you, you always they always they were amazing gamers and just to look at the way that they play and now they, they lead by example it was just awesome so to me it's just that just looking at those guys play the game learning from them and uh, try to do your best so to deserve your spot on that team
0: that's a great answer. Um, I want to talk about another team, uh, Arizona. You were coached by Wayne Gretzky. What was that like?
1: The thing is, is that the reason why I went there is because he called me. Wayne called me when I was a free agent and he said, George, I'd love you to come and play for me. And when the great one, the best player to ever play the game calls you and asks you <laughs> to come and play for him, you don't say no. Yeah. It was impossible. Exactly. So just, just that he had me at hello when he said that. Yeah. I was like, you know, oh my God, Wingless, he's calling me, asking me to play for him. I mean, <laughs> the only thing is, um, the best part of hockey is the playoff. And the team we had in Phoenix wasn't good at all. It was so bad. It was embarrassing that uh, guys were more worried about playing golf than, than hockey, <laughs> and because we're pretty much on of playoff in december i was like you know what i want a chance to win the sunday cup i want to play in the playoff yeah and it was never going to happen in phoenix especially the way things were going yeah so uh, i just asked to be traded uh i because uh, i didn't want to stay there and i didn't know what direction the team was taking I, you know i left edmonton to, to a team that was always fighting for playoff and proud and you know, and, and playing with packed crowds. Yeah. To a team in Phoenix was empty in the stands, and our team was terrible. So it was. I was used to always fight for playoff and, and play hard hockey. Phoenix wasn't that mentality. Yeah. Too much of a clash for me, so I asked to be traded.
0: When you were in Phoenix and when you were mic'd up for that video, when you said good luck, I had a question about actually being mic'd up. Do players in the NHL like to be mic'd up, or do they, do they like to be kind of left alone when they're on the ice? Well, the guy
1: that if you don't like to be mic'd up you're not
0: oh like so the like, players have the option you don't have to,
1: they, they ask you okay because you have to be willing right so if you're not you don't have to so so how often I, did,
0: did I, they ask you
1: I, I was asked before to be mic'd up and i didn't want to and that time i did because you know this it's not the, the coolest thing to be, you know, they put that stuff on you and then you, you know, you got to skate with that because you skate with a mic and there's yeah. wires and all that type of stuff, right? So this time I was fine. I was like, you know, it's so boring in Phoenix. I was like, why not? <laughs> and I kind of knew, I kind of knew when they mic me up also is because Ivanas was a rookie, was a tough guy and I knew he wanted to make a name for himself. So they kind of knew that was going to happen and I guess they wanted to have, a, you know, the sound of a fight, what it would be like. Yeah so that's why they probably asked me because I knew that game was I understand what the league was doing and I was like why not you know people could have sounds a bit to see how it, what it's like and yeah, uh, yeah. that's cool so I agree. Yeah.
0: Um, Pittsburgh my favorite player is Sidney Crosby you got to play with him when he was pretty young what was uh, what was the, the I guess the, the feeling in the room in Pittsburgh and the organization there and I was wondering if you had any uh, Sidney Crosby stories for me well
1: th- th- there's many like a machine like you look at him on the ice and you see the thing that he does how good he is how amazing he is but what's crazy with him is the fact that he's always practicing first guy on the ice last guy off the ice he loves hockey he talks about hockey all the time he's a brain he, he, he is unbelievable what a nicest guy workaholic and the thing also that is amazing with that is uh, with him is uh, when I was there, when I was playing there, we had so much fun, and I loved playing with him. When I, um, when my contract was up with uh, with Pittsburgh, and then I again I was becoming a free agent, and I had lots of options the place I wanted to go. Uh, obviously, like Sid wanted me to come back and stay there, stay in, in Pittsburgh. So he went up to me and said, "George, sign with us." I swear to you. Within three years, we're gonna win the Stanley Cup. That's what he said to me. Wow! When I was a free agent, and then my contract was up, and uh, you know, I my my mom was really begging that, that 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 I would come and sign in Montreal, and and you know, to get a chance to see me play live. So I end up signing in Montreal, and what do what do Pittsburgh do? The year after, which the year I was there, we lost in Game Six against Detroit Sonic Cup Final. The year after, Pittsburgh win the Cup.
0: Wow you have any regrets about that no 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 regrets no. because
1: you know i i can't have any i played 13 years in the nhl i can't have any regrets and it was a choice i made for my family for my mom so she could see me so you know if i was to do if i if i could do this this made the decision again knowing that i would win the cup with Pittsburgh the next year i would have made the same because you know what's more pressure just sound a cup on your mom yeah and, and, and when my mom, like all those nights, late night that she had when I played in Edmonton, because of the time difference, yeah. you know, you play in Edmonton and it's two hours ahead you know, in Montreal. Is, you got to watch the game at 10 for a game that starts at 8 in Edmonton. And, and, and then she would go back to work the next day dead tired. I never thought but of that. she asked me if she could come see me play live, it was in Montreal. It was a favor I did for her. Uh, you know, there's no prize for that. So that's why I decided to go to
0: Montreal. That's cool. I, I never would have thought of that from your perspective. Was when, you're, when you're a fan and you look at NHL players, you almost think of them as superheroes. You don't think of them as with families or with kids or with anything. But when you put yeah. it like that, to do a favor for your mom, that, that's, a, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, thank you. When you were uh, growing up in Quebec, were you a Quebec Nordiques fan or Montreal Canadiens? Because your no, brother said not, Quebec. N- none of both. None?
1: Um, when I was a kid, believe it or not, I did not like watching hockey. Why? I I didn't like it because I was hyperactive when I was a kid. I just wanted to play. Okay. I know the, the Canadian. I knew the, the the Quebec Nordics. You knew them because in Montreal. But me, I'm, I was never a kid that liked to be in front of the TV. Uh, I would I'd go outside and play hockey. I I shoot pucks. I I like I shoot park all the time. I would improve. I'd play in parks. I was never sitting around and just watching the game because. You don't get better watching games when you're a kid. You get better when you practice, you do things. And I had a net, and for hours I would just shoot in it, in my in my driveway and practice and go to park and play with other kids. That's what I would do. I, I was never a kid that, that sat in front of TV and watched sports. So I knew those things, but I can't say that was
0: changing. Are you still the same way right now? Like, do you have a hard time sitting down and watching 60 Minutes of Hockey? Or would you rather be outside, maybe going to the gym or doing something active?
1: <laughs> hey, my buddies Haley, yeah. and actually one of my job on the radio is to actually analyze you know hockey soccer all sports so I watch a lot of more sports now like okay. I, I watch soccer hockey football and NFL I watch it all and and I talk about it on the radio because it's my job. And, and now I could relax and stuff and do it. Okay. It's not the same. You know, like when I watch a hockey game, now, I, I don't feel like going outside and play anymore. I did it enough. Yeah. When you do this for a living, you practice every single day. And you do this for 13 years. Actually, more than that, 15, because I, I also played in the minors Yeah. for two years. That's a lot of hockey. Yeah. So now I could relax and enjoy it and stuff. It's not the same thing.
0: Okay, so this next question, I'm not really sure what I'm getting myself into here. I was told to ask you, I don't really know what it means, but apparently you're going to know everything about this question and what it means. So I was told to ask you about Brent Myers in Edmonton and what the media told you before the game.
1: Oh, that's my brother that told you to ask me that, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That That's actually a sad story. That That's actually... That, that, that's... <laughs> That is such a sad story. Can you tell me? Brent, yeah, yeah, I could tell you. Okay. Brent Myers is uh, He was a tough guy. playing the NHL for for many years, and and he was really tough. And actually, I got to know him very well, and he's a he's a really nice person. And his last couple of years in the NHL, he kind of had some demons, uh, which a lot of tough guy did, dealing with alcohol and, and drugs. Yeah. And uh, he had to deal with that. Um, and, and it was sad, and he went to the NHR rehab because of a couple problems. And I'm glad that he came out of uh, the rehab and he was fine, and he got a chance with the, uh, the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames gave, gave him a tryout uh, to come and try out for them to, to make a spot on the team. Yes. And, he, uh, and it happens that one of the exhibition games that we had before the season start was against the Flames, and Brent Myers was there. And Brent Myers was there, and his dad was there to see him play his first game, coming out of rehab, and after all these years, was it? It was like his dad was there. It was such a pride, proud moment for him, like you know, doing rehab, being back in the NHL. And I knew him, so I figured for that game, you know, because there's always mind games that there is with fighting, and you, you kind of think, oh, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it going to happen? I kind of knew him, so I thought that there's a chance that we might have to fight because I've been in the NHL for a long time, and maybe he wants to show everybody that, you know, he can make the team, so maybe he'll ask me, because the Battle of Alberta, even in exhibition game, there's always tons of fight.
0: fights. Yeah.
1: And I don't really want to fight in exhibition, because it doesn't count and you don't want to get hurt, but, you know, I know him, so if he come and ask me, I kind of have no choice. So I'm kind of thinking from the day, oh, is it going to happen, and... And, you know, and it's in Calgary, too, and it's always intense. So, what happened that game is the media, they came up to me in the morning, and they're like, oh, George, because the way it works when you're in Calgary, the, the team, the Oilers, they always practice, the, the visiting team practice second. Yeah. And the whole team practice first. So, the whole team practices at 10, and the visiting team practice at, like, 11 or 11.30. Okay. So, when the media comes to a room after a practice, they... Uh, they already did the scrum, and they already talked to uh, to the first team. So the media come in the room after my practice, and they're like, one of them especially, uh, I think it was Jim Madison, he came to me and was like, oh, George, I hope that you're ready. I was like, ready for what? He said, ready for Brett Meyer. He said, he's going he's gonna to fight you tonight, he's going to get you tonight. I was like, what? He said, yeah, yeah, he, he said that, uh, yeah, he's going to go with you, and he's going to go after you. There's an unwritten rule in the fighting in the fighting code is you never do that. You never tell the media, you never do send message like this okay. that you're gonna go after someone. Yeah. Ever, ever do that. When you do that, you'll piss the other guy off and bad things can happen. You never do that because the media, they're gonna amplify it. You know, they do story with that. and it's not something that you do, you never do that. When he did that And when I heard that, I was so upset and I was like, oh my god, this... I can't believe that he did that. (laughs) He could have asked me, he could have talked to me, he could have just... And I would have said yes, but doing with the media like this, that they come to me at my practice, I was so upset and so mad. After the practice, other than going back to the hotel and nap, I stayed at the rink. I stayed there and I wanted to kill him. I I, I was nuts. It was the first time in my career that that I fought really upset, really mad wow so I stayed there I stayed in a room till the game time everybody on the team knew like what was going on and how I was mad and what the media said they are like, oh my god, nobody even talked to him on my team they knew like how upset that I was and when it happens when he was on the ice I went after him I said, okay you ready let's go he dropped the glove and you know I'm not proud to, to I'm not proud about what happened but I, I, I kind of broke his face. He almost lost his eye, broke his eye socket. Oh. And he had to go get surgery at the hospital. And he, he posted a picture of that of his face. And that kind of retired him. That hockey was done for him after that. But I called him when he was in the hospital. I called him because I had his number and I knew him. So I called him to apologize because he never wished to break somebody's face. But when I called him to apologize, I, I was like, Brent, we know each other. Why the hell did he tell the media that you're going to go after me? That got me so upset. You know what he said to me? What? He said, George, I never said anything. I swear I never said anything. I just, I didn't want to fight you. It's my first game. My dad's dumb I'm out of rehab. No. You like, I wanted to fight you. I never said anything. I was like, what? So the media is on the bus before on the way to the plane because we're leaving for the game after. And I went up to the guy. And he laughed at me, and it was kind of a joke. They wanted to see the fight, so they made it up.
0: No. They
1: made, they made that up.
0: Yeah? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, so that's the story. So all this, something they made up to see me fight him, and they kind of thought that it would get a, raise, uh, a rise out of me, and it did, and all this for that.
0: Did that guy lose his job in the media? No. He Are you kidding me? I don't know.
1: No, no he did. It was like... You know, you know what good that is for them to be able to create story like this, to do this. They don't care.
0: Oh my god, that's so irresponsible though. A guy's hockey career is over. Yeah. Oh exactly. my because, god. Because
1: of a joke. Because the guy wanted to uh they just wanted to see us fight they knew we were friends, and you were a friend and they 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 tried. You know, media often they try stuff like that to try to get right, like to get rise out of guys and stuff and uh, yeah, that's what they did and it worked.
0: That is a crazy story yeah that's unbelievable yeah um okay wow that's that caught me off guard um yeah
1: i know that's why my brother my brother the reason why my brother loved that story is because when the picture was circulating about his face he was like oh my god what did you do to him so i told him the story to my brother and my brother was like what and my brother just can't he just can't that's his, one of his favorite stories he, <laughs> he just can't believe that
0: Wow, that's a that's a crazy story. Kind of sad, but still insane. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we're kind of over the, the time here, but one quick last question, or two questions. Um, no could you beat Conor McGregor in your prime? Yes or no? Conor McGregor? Could you beat him in your prime, do you think?
1: He's a midget.
0: Hey, I'm just asking. You got to give me an answer. <laughs>
1: UFC and the hockey fight is two different things. You know, like, put me on a cage with him, I probably, well, the thing is he's so small. It it, it depends, right? Because his reach and the, the height and the weight, you know, maybe I could get lucky, but, you know, like, it's, the thing is what UFC, like, you know jujitsu, karate, they know a mixture of stuff. I bet if I'm on the ground with him, I'd be done. But if we did boxing with... You know with the reach and everything I might have a chance but you never know it, it all depends if I get lucky or not Okay. But, you know on the ice obviously wouldn't stand a chance but you know he's really small he's a small guy like he's really tiny so anybody else in my weight categories in UFC I wouldn't stand a chance I wouldn't have a chance yeah but somebody small like that they'd be it'd be totally different like
0: I probably I, I probably uh, I would have some chance okay that's a good idea. that's fair Last question here, um, is there anything that you know now in your life that you wish you knew during your career?
1: No, because uh, to be honest with you, if you ask a question like that to a, to a guy that, that they used to fight, which most of them are dealing with problem with concussion or anything else, they would tell you something regarding that, regarding concussion they wish that they knew. But I feel really fortunate that I've never suffered from any concussion from fighting. And never had any problem, and I did all type of tests and everything to see if I was fine and if I was okay, and and I was. So, no, I I don't have any regrets. I'm really proud of the fact that I played 13 years in the NHL. That you know I never got seriously hurt. Uh, obviously, the saddest thing that happened is to lose Game Seven. Stanley Cup final that's the saddest thing that happened to me because you know when you're a kid you always would dream of winning game seven and not losing it yeah that's a memory that I'll never forget because I never won the cup I lost twice in the final but other than that no I'm pretty happy about everything my, my career and everything that I that I've done and
0: uh, I feel really fortunate awesome George well thank you very much for your time I appreciate uh, all the stories you told me there you're welcome brother. hey it's actually it's Saturday night what are you doing tonight
1: uh, right now i'm watching the montreal and the buffalo taking notes for my radio show <laughs>
0: hey you're always working i love it hard worker <laughs> thanks brother all right thanks george talk to you later all the best you too thank you thank you bye
2: yeah. i'm way up nobody can blow my high sipping white wine on a westbound flight and i hope i never come down i'm way up I ain't gonna wallow by. I murder everything that the clouds go by. And I hope I never touch ground. I'm way up. I don't see nobody watching. Do it big and make my moves in silence. Work like Puff till I got puffy eyelids. Up all night, cause I just trust the process. Whoa. She said she was grounded and down to ride. I said, baby, just embrace the high. I'm way up. Way up, yeah, where I'm from There's a lot of evil in sight All the odds stacked against us and we roll the dice I seen a few friends get that early meeting with Christ I'm still here stacking chips in the casino with life I'm way up, David Blaine with the cards I was dealt Sky high like I'm sitting next to Roger Goodell I'm way up, I beat depression, no one offered to help So now I'm smiling in the mirror when I talk to myself I'm way up, nobody can blow my heart Sipping white wine on a westbound flight and I hope I never come down I'm way up I ain't gonna no wallow by I murder everything that the clouds go by And I hope I never touch ground I'm way up don't hear nobody talking. One week you're no one, the next you're popping. Out on the road alone, it happens often. Gotta get it in before I'm in a coffin. Whoa. I'm just trying to get right in the head. I'm about to buy a nice crib for my wife and my kids. Just manifesting the type of life that I wanna live. So this is all I'm thinking about when I'm writing my shit. I'm I'm Sometimes all you need is a second to breathe to figure out who it is you're destined to be. Taking to leaving them, giving them a lesson for free. They do what I do, but they do it to a lesser degree. I'm with the price of a gram at a cost of gas Like hands on an innocent man the cops harass I'm way up My stock price if we talking cash And how my middle finger looking when I'm walking past I'm way up Nobody can blow my high Sipping white wine on a westbound flight And I hope I never come down I'm way up I ain't gonna no wallow by. I murder everything that the clouds go by And I hope I never touch ground I'm way up I'm way up And I hope I never touch ground I'm way up